Real quick, where'd you get that shirt? I got it from uh, Producer Grind. It looked like their style. That's why I was wondering. Well, yeah. The, it's, well, what it is, it's, is like backwards. it's it's backwards. <laughs> you know the backwards, the blunt? Yeah. Yeah, it's like oh, they, it's it's it, like a play on that. You know how people will do like yeah. a graphic like in that style or whatever? No, I, f- I fucked with that. Dude, he's got a bunch of colors. That's sick. Shout out to Producer Grind. Everybody's like, is this Producer Grind episode? <laughs> he's got the shirt on. Drew just joined the squad. That's funny. Um, dope. Um, cool. I guess let's get started into it. Um... So first thing, this one's coming for Drew. I let Andre sit in the hole. <laughs> sit in the hole. Drew's up to bat. Uh, I guess you want to first talk about the, the the whole direction for these session musicians. And you don't have to talk about Viper. I think it's good to talk about the power of those session musicians. Dude, what we've been doing has been changing. Yeah. So we've been working with, like like we said, like 50 producers online uh, for like years now. We've been just doing all this online stuff. But recently we discovered the power of just working with people in person. And we have been doing sessions nonstop. Like, I mean, fucking this week we've done, what, like three or four? Yeah, man. And every single one gets stuff that you would never expect. Like the fucking vocalist we had this week, it was like John Legend being in the studio with us. Oh, yeah, no, literally. It's ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. And, uh, yeah, no, I think that's uh, super interesting. You want to tell real quick, I think it's a funny story, because you guys are both there, the, the first guy, the guitarist that came in, how he kind of didn't really speak good. What was he, uh, Eastern European or something? Russian, yeah, he was, he was Russian, and he did not speak English at all. But, like, once we got some shit rolling, it was like he just started recording everything. We were recording, like, Travis Scott-style stuff. Yeah. And it was just so funny because he's never listened to Travis Scott before that. <laughs> Dude, that's fucking – was he – so when they're in the studio, are they playing – like to a beat or like what's what's a little bit about the process i mean there's a lot of different a lot of different processes it's actually a new thing like every time <coughs> one thing i was gonna say is like it's one of those situations where you kind of like find what works best for each guy because it's never the same thing oh they're not the same no, like, like today we worked with uh like beats by jay black who's been on the show before you should definitely check out the episode uh but it took us probably about an hour to get into a flow with yeah. him where we are actually like we didn't have probably almost any loops done within the first hour. And then all of a sudden we had 60 done. Really? Yeah. yeah. You just got to iron out the kinks. Like you got to figure out like the best way to work with people and like figure out what the best, the best process for each person is. Cause everybody's fucking different. Like, like some people have a really tough time. Like the guitarist had a tough time playing along to like just a plain trap beat. Cause he had never listened to trap music. But then like you just play some chords and he'll pick like some piano playing. chords. He's playing along like he's playing with a band. So like you have to figure out every single time what that person needs. Yeah. And like if anybody's gonna record with somebody, you gotta figure that out. And the first session might go to shit. The first session sometimes can just be a shithole, but then like the second time, third time, it's like really good after that usually. Well, a lot of musicians sometimes even talk about getting in the studio with somebody and then they just say like they don't work on they just go get sushi or something and go hang out. Like yeah, like feel each other. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a good thing to do. If you're gonna work with anybody in general, like if they have kind of like an off vibe, it's not very good to work with them. So there's some people um, like that for sure. Is there anything like uh, you're like prepping before the sessions to like, so like if you're like, yeah, cause definitely. Cause there's people coming in probably who are like, yeah, I have a friend who plays guitar who's amazing. Like it may be that producer linking up with them. Is there anything that like, if they're an Ableton NFL, yeah, usually we do prep well, we, before they get there. Yeah. We do a bunch of different stuff. Like for example, we worked with a finger drummer today. So we prepped a shit ton of first of all melody loops to kind of just get him inspired. Uh, just reference tracks for shit that like we want in that style. And then a ton of just drum one shots that he could just play with. And like our drum one shots, like our, from our previous packs, but then also some of our, our new stuff from Viper and he's just playing with it. And really what we're going for in that session is like the MIDI. Cause we can do anything with that shit. It's mm-hmm. like, it's just a bunch of 
it's a bunch of just uh, rhythms and velocities. Un- unquantized gold. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's, That's really what it is. It. It's dude. It's so unquantized. Like working with a finger drummer gives a whole it's new way feel, man. Because you get the humanity of like the drumming, and it just makes it sound like way more. Dude, hip-hop. he started doing this one today. It's actually on my story right now, but. Uh, but he started like there's this like kind of Catronata sounding loop, oh. and he started doing that like that funky house shit. And dude, I was like, dude, I like God I like damn. watching Jay Black jam because he did he just gets like so like <laughs> dude, he fucking, like dances in the pockets. Oh, of his dude, drum he's beats. smiling. Like, he's got like a, a grin yeah. that's fucking that's huge. Yeah, shit. we had a good time, man. It was super fun. Uh, but yeah, and then for like other people, uh, what do we do for like the flute player, for example? We just had a bunch of songs, like and we had a we actually had a bunch a big spreadsheet of like songs and like loops and the, all their tempos, so we could easily pull them up in the project, record it, and keep moving on to different shit. And if people are gonna work with instrumentalists, the best use of your money is straight up having a bunch of shit prepared. You you shouldn't go in there like, oh, we're gonna make a song together. You might get one random thing done, and it's probably gonna suck. But if you go in there and record like a hundred things, you're gonna get some gold in there at some point. You know yeah. what I mean? So like, like if it's a finger drummer hooking them up with a metronome and doing like ten different BPMs, is a great like little gold mine of samples right there. Yeah, I mean, I was even just thinking about seeing that MIDI file. I almost wanted to ask you for the picture because I was going to make a post about it. Because you have a, that MIDI file where essentially that guy's like playing for like a long oh, time. Oh, yeah. So the project's this long. The pianos. We've been <laughs> working with this uh, Grammy nominated uh, pianist. pianist. Like he's a composer. He. I mean, he's working with other uh, instrumentalists like every day in the studio too, but he comes in and he just records and he can sit there and record piano. You basically give him maybe a little reference. He'll kind of play along to it for a second and then he'll sit there and record melody after melody after melody in the same key or he'll switch keys if you want him, switch tempos if you want and he can just pump out shit. So, I mean, finding a pianist like that and that's actually what I used to do with my friend Caleb too is like, just go in the studio and try to get a shit ton of midis that I can work with later. Dude, you know what's funny is that you never know how random shit like that in your past plays a role. Because oh, I remember I when you were when you started doing this, and I was like thinking about even the day I came over, I was like, oh, this reminds me of like you know when you were working with Caleb mm-hmm. and like talking about all the stuff you're doing with like him and him. It's almost like taking the, it's almost like taking them and using them as a fucking inspiration <clears throat> cannon. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You I, gotta you gotta direct the session though. That's definitely. the other thing is you gotta be like the leader in the session like. Uh, regardless of who you're working with, you got to like point them in the direction that you want or you're not going to get the stuff you want. If you just let some random guitar player come in and play whatever the fuck he wants to play, he's going to play some like Rolling Rolling Stone shit or something and like it's not going to be what you want for your project. Dude, dude, uh, speaking of that, um, I think something that's kind of, that's good to talk about is is that you're talking about like directing it Um, and a lot of producers probably don't even, don't even get to experience that per se. Uh, but Timbaland was talking about the difference between uh, a beat maker and an actual producer. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, for can, sure. Like, direct the entire thing. Um, do you guys feel that like making beats is a little bit different than like getting these studio sessions? Like a different caliber? Oh, because yeah. cause, like to see that guitar guy. I'm going to tell you, if you get in studio sessions with good musicians for a week, you're going to level up more than you have in like months. I promise, like quickly, because first of all, you too, work yeah. with, you're working with these people, you're forced into like learning this shit. Like we're learning all these recording techniques because mm-hmm. we had to, all of a sudden we were working with like vocalists. We had to learn all these recording techniques. So every single session you're like leveling up a little bit and it forces you to. And it, it, I mean, dude, that's a huge help for me right now. And dude, every, oh, I feel, I mean, like tell me, you know, just from hearing the different sounds and stuff, it's almost like every person brings a whole new layer of inspiration to the oh, producer. Dude, and we have like, how many people do we have doing that? Like probably it's going to end up being like 30 
plus like musicians, not just people that make beats, like people who are bringing a whole new like live aspect to it. That I think like, I mean, dude, it adds so much life to your shit. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, dude, you know what I'm excited about, Andre? It's fucking dude. Toronto. You're talking about having an office in Toronto. How easy would this be in Toronto? 100%. We're setting like, up a studio. Dude, that's the thing I was talking about with Drew today is, like, there's so many talented musicians everywhere. And as long as, like, you're there and working with them and kind of guiding them, it's like, you'd be surprised what you could get out of it. You know what I mean? Like, some of the players, if I see them, I wouldn't be thinking, like, this person's going to kill the beat game. You know what I mean? But, like, it like works the, out if you... And they never could alone. That's yeah. the thing is they never could go and just make beats. They don't... I think a big part of like beats uh, and like uh, the way producers sound is comes from like the culture they grew up oh, around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think like, for example, some guy who's like classically trained as a pianist, he might be the best musician in the world, but he doesn't have that cultural background to be able to tie it all together into like hip hop production. Or sometimes even be a, like a computer person because I think they producers that, are yeah, tech. That's are another tech big guys. part. Yeah. You know, they're tech guys who who use a different type of software. You know. Yeah, for sure. So there's a lot of factors, but like you can use that person, and I mean, dude, you can get some real good shit. It's like a whole other level of what you're gonna come up with, like drawing in MIDI on your computer. Even if you play piano or play guitar and you're decent at it, like it's a whole different ball game playing or working with some guy that's like been playing for 15, 20 years and does it professionally. It's a yeah. whole different thing. Yeah. Uh, Andre, I know you got, you've been back to making a ton of beats recently. Oh yeah. Does that, uh, have you noticed the shit with the, like the players affecting the way or even, for example, even drawing in MIDI, is it, has it changed you on Dude, production? 400%. Like honestly, cause the thing to me is like, what makes a really good hip hop beat a lot of times is like, a lot of those really good hip hop producers like Q beats and stuff have these loops that are superhuman. You know what I mean? Like they sound mm-hmm. human. There's like dynamics in the flutes and all that. And like, dude, that's almost impossible to do in a really good way in MIDI. Like sometimes it's actually kind of hard. So like having a player come in, like me and Drew half the time are sitting there freaking out because they're doing shit that we want to hear, but we can't do with MIDI. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's like, but they would never do it on their own is the thing. They would never just sit there and be like playing these like trippy red style melodies <laughs> on flute. You know what I mean? Yeah, we yeah. had this like middle age like, probably like 35 year old woman in there playing in my studio playing flute and recording these like beautiful melodies but you would never, never think to you do would that, never yeah. think to do that normally but it comes out so fucking good man. yeah no it's a, it's a big difference maker and it's like something that like even i want to pull into my own production you know what i mean because it's like it's so productive and it sounds so good dude you get so much more shit than just like sitting there trying to like tinker around with shit for hours and it, it it'll inspire new ideas that you would never have normally so yeah that's the I'm, biggest thing about it i did 100 i i that's why I get so, so excited even just hearing a couple of them like, oh, dude, there's going to be so much to play with. You know what I'm saying? Because oh, it's yeah. like you're not going to like do a couple cool things and start playing you know, with the pack and then all of a sudden be done. Um, es- essentially, it's a bigger fucking like toolbox. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? definitely. Like a little sandbox, I guess. Um, so, yo, so this episode, uh, something that I thought would be dope, I was thinking about earlier today was, I mean, I think having you guys talking about actually more technical stuff. Because even from a production standpoint, for me, you know, I don't get by doing the crazy sound design or the right. crazy processing stuff. I, I mean, uh, a lot of my stuff is just resample. But I think you guys, I kind of want to go into production stuff, like talking about like technical shit. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I think there's a lot of value in that for type sure. of thing. Um, okay, well, I have 808s here, but I'm not going to talk about 808s first. I got to save that a little bit because did everybody in the seven day challenge? They were all waiting for 808 day. That's if fine, you look at the comments you, every day, they're like, "Dude, I want to. I uh, can't wait for day like six. I understand, man. It's hard for a lot of people, but like once you get it down, it's like no brainer. Like you do them in like two seconds once you get the the idea because you'll hear them in your head and you can just get them out real quick. It's just mm-hmm. like yeah, no problem. Um, dope. So Andre, you're making you know, I mean, this pack's going to be how big? 
very big. Yeah, we don't. We're not. We're, we're not going to say any yeah. official numbers yeah. on this show because like. Like every day, it kind of changes the way we're it's doing really it. It's gonna, fast, yeah, it's gonna be really like, big. It's gonna be way bigger than we first thought. We've talked about some rough numbers, Stephen, but like, yeah, it's, it's gonna be fucking. He- and, and then bigger than like, I'm gonna say like bigger than like our omegas at least, yeah, or like vibrants or like any of those. I think it'll be bigger and more with completely. the right types of bigger too. Yeah, no, because no, that's, that's a big thing. Yeah, that's, that's a, a big thing, dude. That's the thing we've been talking about. I've been telling Andre like the biggest thing that I want to do is make sure every single thing. Every single kick drum, every hi-hat, whatever, is something that you would, like, save as one of your go-to samples. Like, I don't know if that's possible to make every sample and thousands of it perfect, but that's, like, our goal with this project is yeah. to get as close to that as possible. Like, no filler drums. Um, no, just random shit that we're just adding in for the sake of numbers. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, I got to ask I gotta ask a question then. Is that, um, how do you how do you think about, because I'm very curious on this, so when organizing this thing, how do you even organize a project like this? Because I think there's a difference between that guitarist <laughs> jamming out, yeah. right? Yeah. And then and then that person jamming out, then when you give it to the producers and they make the shit out of it, and I'm kind of curious. Dude, this is, a, this is the process that we've been trying to figure out. Like, oh, about how to organize it. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's it's a, a nightmare. Big, big thing. Dude, the, funny, funny story the other night, me and Andre, uh, smoked and i was just throwing a thousand ideas at him a second and he's like trying to type on the keyboard and the next day he's like dude i could not keep up at all with that shit (laughs) but yeah uh so i mean as far as the way the first step is obviously recording we try to stay as organized as possible with recording like today we had like 60 projects with jay black which is like 60 like we got to i think it was 58 so we had 58 projects he had to export uh at the end of the session well, so we, we going to a, into Ableton or is it NPC? So like, so we're doing in in that situation. There's like a ALS uh, like Ableton Live set export uh-huh. on NPC. So he's just exporting it, and we're getting the loops. But then we're also able to like pull the MIDI from the loops and stuff like that. So oh, sick. Um, and then we have all the tracked out loops, like the full loops. We have the hi hat loops, like the just the top stuff, whatever. Like we have all the parts that we want from them. Um, wait, what was the question again? Uh, well, we were just talking about like organizing it because yeah. So okay, so so that's the first step is like making sure you're organized on the uh, on the actual recording sessions as good as possible. So those are all just labeled like one through sixty, real neat. Um, and then after making a spreadsheet, if you're doing those those sessions, I mean, this is a nightmare for the average producer. <laughs> <though. Yeah. laughs> so you make a spreadsheet of all the sessions, make sure they're named, and you go through and make sure every single one you can pull out every single bit of gold out yeah. of every project. So if it's a session with like the MIDI, uh, like all the MIDIs from John playing the piano, uh, there might be thirty up to thirty MIDI. Some of them might only have like four or five. Some of them, some of the projects have up to thirty MIDI's in there, and we have to go through, make sure the shit that needs to be fixed is fixed. Make sure the shit that needs to stay human stays human, which is a fucking nightmare too. Like trying to, like make sure you still keep that human element, but make it usable for producers to just drag in. Uh, but so like once we do that, uh, everything's exported. Then we have to go through like the naming process, and then. Uh, which is just basic, like you just name it one through whatever. Um, but actually, on this pack, we're sorting all the loops, all the melody loops and stuff by mood. So like, there'll be like happy loops, sad loops, nostalgic. Uh, there'll be oh, like nineties, West no, Coast. That's a big, big difference. Like, man. like there's probably like ten categories, and it's like 
So like if you want to make a Juice World type beat, you might go to like nostalgic or happy, depending on like what you're kind of going for. Probably nostalgic, and there'd be a lot of stuff that's in that style that you could like maybe add an E piano real quick. You know what I mean? Dude, that's that's a fucking genius idea to or because I think work like organization is essentially changing. It's like a user experience thing yes, for the one hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? Agree with you, yeah. Damn, thinking about the organization, dude. Dude, it's a it's kind of a nightmare. And then so like above that is like like for melodies, it's at the very top, it's it's by kind of like genre, right? We have the four right, genre yeah, categories. Yeah. So we have we have modern hip hop, we have classic hip hop, which is like maybe not like vintage, but like kind of classic style, like J. Cole, Kanye, whatever. Uh, we have nineties, which is like the vintage throwback stuff, and then we have R and B. And then within those, there's those moods, like depending on what the ones need. So like, for example, within the uh, within the classic style, there might be like a triumphant folder that has more like triumphant brass loops or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's just like all based on like what the folder actually needs. So like with, with R&B, there won't be quite as many moods. It's going to be more like, more like just melancholic, sexy yeah. shit. You know what I mean? Dude, you know what's crazy, man? I, I don't even think that what the, the, the type of like, honestly like projects we're creating right now are even close to the same thing as like a pack of 10 fucking melody loops no no, like that's no. What people don't understand we this could is make like, that in an afternoon this bro. Is me like and andre a, could probably just with us to make a crazier fucking pack than most people could just yeah. but like well dude that's why i'm pumped about viper because it feels more like a library you yeah. know what i'm yeah. saying it's like a premium library yeah. like think about like you know having a regular sample pack just being like a little book you read right and then each in that you might learn to do some cool shit but the fucking the, the Viper is more of a library that you're like going in there and like looking for different interesting Dude, stuff. Dude, we're we're trying to get it where like we have uh we have pretty much everything you would need and not have to leave it for like the next yeah. like 3 to 5 years That's if you're just making like modern hip hop. Obviously you could. You mm -hmm. could go out and get other shit, but then also on top of all this shit, I'm going to say because like obviously people are going to be like, "Oh, I don't want to just use samples." There's like there's an Omnisphere bank included, Serum bank, massive library like uh um, all the midis. There's there's gonna be like a total of probably like five hundred plus midis at least. Um, dude, this is like a, a lo-fi expansion, like all kinds of shit. What else? Is there dude, anything there's else? like a there's like okay. a production engine. I don't oh, even yeah. call it it's like a creativity engine. Dude, it's like the biggest palette possible. Dude, I think when people get it, they're just gonna instantly like go in and make like 10, 15 beats, like right off the bat. Dude, even I make beats with I it, it's that's like halfway done. Every time I open it, I'm I know you up. just want to make something like and instantly. Steven, what you said actually like resonates with me a lot about like the user experience. That's one thing that actually feels like really special about this. It's like just the process and the way it's organized, like makes the production process more fun. Like you know what you want, you'll find it in there quick. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal. I would say you definitely have to like when you first get it. Not just, I mean, you could just open it up and start producing, but you definitely got to get to know it because, like you said, oh, yeah. it's a library. Like you got to like, send me some. I, I need to get. Dude, I kind of want. I kind of want you I to like, like get the final taste on it because when you get it, it's going to be I really know, soon. Like the final version will be done in the next yeah. like. For those you, for week those you guys don't know, what pretty much happens is like during this process, like a product develops over a long. I mean, like a, it's a long period of time. It starts with the ideas, honestly, from discussion and then passing around early versions. And then we'll put out some free stuff and kind of messing around with the different ideas. And one of the dopest things for me is, you know, usually about two weeks or, you know, more, we finally get that final, final version. And, and then playing with that and getting the first taste, I think it's, it's my favorite, you know. Dude, it's this so, one's gonna hit different. I, I'm already. I want to yeah. stop the you podcast. I want to just stop and go man. upstairs and start messing around. I just can't. I just can't wait till you see it. It's crazy, man. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's super interesting. Um, damn, I want to get in. All right, so 
we t- totally going off on a tangent. I wanted to talk about the fucking yeah, get to the technical get, sides. We're getting yeah, we well, That's a good did, thing, though. Yeah, how did that fucking, question even start? I don't even remember. Dude, probably because you guys have been over there recording all these sessions. and I mean, Dude, I'm like, yeah, I'm out of it right now, man. We've been fucking going in lately. Yeah. Last it's three days it's been like nonstop. Just yeah. studio, 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 studio. And dude, it gets it gets a little hot like when, because because we go like no AC because I, I gotta get like some kind of completely silent I, AC. I, I, dude, it's hard to find. Dude, probably. I'm about to buy a vocal booth after this after this uh what's after this launch. How, because what is that? It's like, like a, they're probably like five grand, but you can get completely isolated vocal booths that won't have like they can't like you know how when you go to the studio in Atlanta, uh-huh. we go to the studio and you go in the booth and you can't hear anything outside, yeah. even if you're blasting yeah. bass as loud as you want. It's like you, get that. That you can get that in your house, but it's like five grand. But Dude. I was like, "Dude, I'm using it so much now that I'm like, fuck yeah." Andre, yeah. when back back in the day, like way back in the day when when Drew has his studio set up, so we we had a couple different ones. We had one in my house, we had one his house, in one room we kind of like right. four different. But then there was this one point where you remember that studio that you built that he put up the foam, like he like nailed into mm-hmm. all the walls. But then you had the fucking uh, what was it? The the blankets, I had like blankets. the mink blankets from the thrift store up. And dude, it when you walked in that, good, it was like silent. Dude, I remember walking in there and being like, it was this weird, creepy like. Thing. I had it. I had it even better in a few other rooms, but uh, I mean, dude, yeah, sound treated rooms. That's a whole fucking discussion right there. I don't even want to. I was thinking about trying to get the guy from uh, GIK Acoustics in here on a podcast. They're from Atlanta. Oh yeah, and talk about talk about acoustic uh, treatment for people's rooms because I mean. People need to know that shit, man. Yeah. Super important. You could have the best speakers well, in the world and your fucking room well, is think, like terrible. You're fucked. Yeah. Well, I mean, real quick, uh, I, I want to know both of you guys this. Andre, yeah. at home, Yeah. what's your what's your one like uh, at home studio? Because 99.99% of people watching this got podcasts. What's your number one tip for sound treating a room? It doesn't have to be fancy equipment or whatever. What do you think? Hmm... I don't know, Drew. What would you say? Like, if you're not doing fancy equipment, because I think couch. Like, first yeah, off, you can do you can like, do uh, couch is good. Furniture, not furniture first. Uh, bookshelves, like if you have a bookshelf, like in your house anywhere, toss it in there. Add some books, like shit being everywhere. I swear to God, having a dirty ass room. I'm not saying make your room dirty, but like add some more furniture that you might not normally add. That helps. It's anything to like boxes, stop, reflections, and stuff. kill the reflections off of flat surfaces. So like, and then anything like soft. Like anything super soft and like fuzzy is always gonna help. Like, dude, yeah. I literally got like a sh- I'm pretty sure I got like blankets from the thrift store and like washed them a long time ago. I put up that cheap ass shitty foam that you see on Amazon, which is not that good by itself. And I put that up and then I hung up blankets all over my walls. Like my entire walls were covered. And it sounded pretty dude, fucking good for good. at yeah. for at your house. And I had a piano in there, which helped. It was kind of a smaller room, so I had to Yeah, sound to do some sound other runs stuff. into shit and slows down. <clears throat> you gotta think. Dude, you yeah. just gotta be clever with it. Like even Travis in the dock working on his records, he had like the blanket over his head. Oh yeah. Like, so yeah, Travis Scott in the documentary was like I gotta watch it in a studio session, uh, or not even in a studio session. They were staying at I don't know if it, if they were in Cali or like in the fucking Bahamas or something, it seemed like it looked like a sick pack. Yeah, it was they were just at this crazy house with a pool outside, super nice, like infinity pool, whatever, and they're recording and when he would go in to record, he would have just like a thin sheet that he would put over him and the mic. So he's just in this like essentially little that's room. genius. It yeah. probably works and so fucking yeah, good. Yeah, it's better than nothing. Like, if you don't have anything, if you have a shitty sounding room, like, doing that is at least going to make your shit sound better. Or, like, building some kind of, like, little isolation booth thing for your mic. Like, anything. And a big thing also is, like, outside noise coming in. So, like, uh, with that, the biggest thing is just cracks. So, anywhere where, like, air can get through, like, a crack under the door, whatever, thin doors, uh, windows, whatever, is going to let 
uh, sound in from the outside. So that's one thing. Like if you're recording, you have to get it dead. And that's what I've been working on lately with my studio. Yeah. Um, <coughs> that's uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I was just thinking about recently because after I put up put up that built the, uh, the desk in mm-hmm. there. Uh, I was just thinking, I bought some S studio phone, but yeah, that's some of that. I'm, Dude, I'm I have to put I'm, the couch. I just oh no, I got the big ones. Yeah, I, I sent you a ones. shit ton of fucking acoustic panels over. Yeah, yeah, they're in the garage. Um, you got to clean them off. Yeah, I don't know. Um, all right, dope. So I guess going on to another tip. Um, I want to talk about top plugins for hip hop that people be using. I mean, if you guys are watching this, you're one of those people because I'm like this. Like sometimes I will not update my shit for a while just you know just using the same it's a little bit laziness i'm being honest you know there's a little bit of friction installing your stuff but like every time i see drew and stuff like pull out some plugins and stuff i think it's fucking the thing is is that it's like at the end of the day it doesn't matter what fucking plugins you're using a lot of people are using like uh purity for example which i'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure i don't they don't sell it anymore Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure and it just has super simple like just the most basic like pad sounds leads whatever and i'm pretty sure the only way to get it is to just like torrent it at this point and people like maybe bought a copy or torrented it from forever ago. So I see people like literally on those genius deconstructed videos using that shit. And That's I'm like, funny. what? I'm like, what the hell? But then like, obviously like the best case is probably like Omnisphere. Uh, I would say, I mean, Omnisphere is probably one of the best. I really like Keyscape from Spectrosonics yeah. too. Is awesome too. They have tons of like key sounds. Uh, Did you notice one cool thing? Serum is good. Dude, uh, FKJ, I was playing one of the FKJ songs this morning, and dude, that little, the glide knob on like the chords and atmosphere, the mm-hmm. dude, he fucking, he does that in his tracks He rinses it. He's probably using something else, but kind of the same shit. It's way harder than it looks to do that, man. Whenever I try to do it, when I play it, it sounds so bad, even on like basic shit. John can do it, it though, yeah. Oh, oh, I can like, know how to play it. Uh, yeah. Sometimes in the fucking, yeah. In the- um... But yeah, like I mean, for hip, if you're talking about sounds for other shit, like processing for yeah, processing, RC twenty, uh, yeah, half RC twenty halftime, uh, RC twenty, and like sketch cassette I've been using lately. Uh, it's by like I can't remember what it's called. I'll probably fuck it up. Aberrant Studios or something. Yeah. Uh, sketch cassette. Uh, it's like a low. Is that the one plug-in. with the picture? Yeah, it's the... twenty bucks, and it's like it's like the most fire. It has that dropout effect that like emulates like tape dropouts, like. Uh, it has all the different tape modes. Uh, the flutter sound sounds great on it. Like that, dude. Like, I need to get that because I make lo-fi. You would up. love it. I yeah, mean, yeah. RC twenty can love... do all that stuff, but it's more expensive. Like I have RC twenty two. Yeah, it's that one's just as good. I, like, u- I use vinyl a lot. I feel like I should use more RC twenty. I don't, I've been using RC twenty. Vinyl. Lately. I think vinyl's awesome. It's just like it's kind of like a one trick pony. Yeah. Yeah. Only pony, there's yeah. only kind of a couple sounds that you can get out of it that I really like. But like like the twenty sound or something. Yeah, but like the with with like sketch cassette for example, it's not a lot of controls, but dude, you can get a lot of sounds out of it man it Dude, sounds really i think good. the plugin companies are making a mistake that goes super overcomplicated. i think like part of what human software development is is making it easy for the yeah, user right. super but still stuff. having flexibility to like go off in different directions uh, another one yeah halftime i mean if you have fl obviously gross b everybody uses that uh What's more effects plugins so, that I've dude. been using lately? I use Decimort a lot. That's like, it's a, such a good way to get the old sound. If you use it right, you could like use the uh, anti-aliasing filter. Uh-huh. And it like uh, cuts the highs off in a way that's not creating like these ugly resonances. It's the same thing that I do with Reactor 6. Where mm-hmm. I, where exactly. I downsample well, it. Yeah, you downsample it. Like, it, it comes but it's, like, it's like you're downsampling it, but you're not... You're not like people think I'm like EQing it, but it's not EQing it. It's like literally like killing yeah, frequency kills it. So it sounds yeah. way different. So that that's like pretty cool. I mean, that's what like uh, 40s talked yeah. about. Uh, Drake's producer doing on a lot of Drake shit is just like killing all the fr- high frequencies with downsampling. Uh, Dude, what I, else? I gotta get a little quick tutorial on that one. 
Every, everything that goes in the lo-fi realm, I'm always like, yeah, you'd like. Well, that hey, real quick, too. Andre, I always see pulling out RC20 for like people who have. I mean, it's only twenty bucks. People yeah. want to go pick it up. Can you like RC20? What's, some, what's it's some like, good? It's like 80. eighty bucks. Yeah. Oh, eighty? Is yeah. It? It's not cheap, bro. No, it's it's. I mean, but it's worth it. Like if you're gonna, I think if you're gonna make hip hop, that's a pretty. Agreed. That's a standard yeah. one. Yeah, you yeah, gotta yeah. have that one. But what's what's one way that you would use it? So like they just got it or they got this thing, they should yeah. like try. Yeah. One hundred percent. Well, obviously, like one of the biggest like attraction factors for it is that it has like all of those old sounding effects, like the vinyl warble, the uh, like the noise, the digital distortion. It sounds like it makes stuff sound really old, but you have a lot of control over the parameters. Like something like vinyl, like Drew said, you're kind of like limited in the range of options that you have. RC20 lets you do a bunch of stuff. There's a reverb in there. There's like the bit crush type thing. So it's like you could get the old sound, but you have control over a lot of different things. It's always I always use it to like spice up the melody. Pretty much all the all the like good producers that I watch like videos tutorials on. Uh online or pretty much always like i'm talking about like kenny beats yeah uh, who else like uh take a day trip yeah like. day trip day trip uses it they said on pretty much everything you know day trip right they made panini uh yeah and they, i mean they made like they've made so many of i watched their songs. i watched their genius deconstruct the other day it was really cool yeah so it. so they're like really really talented producers so it's funny because they actually have this analog gear like the shit that's supposed yeah. to give you that analog sound when they pull, pull into RC logic 20, they yeah. pull up rc20 instantly it's just so good man it's like, so funny even with the analog stuff they're still adding this extra like analog feel to their stuff so uh i mean that's that's probably like a really go-to one uh looperator sick have you heard of that no, I haven't used that. It's like 150 bucks, but it's like, it's another one of those, it's like basically it has like, you feed it a melody loop and then you could like do different effects on different sections of the melody loop through Looperator. Mm-hmm. So it's like really good for tweaking melody loops. Like using just Looperator, you could like flip the sample completely. Like you could do doubles. Like it's almost like somebody's it like, looks fun. I could yeah, Looperator looks really fun. It's day, sick. Man. It's expensive, but man, I'm fucking. Some of it kind of reminds me of uh, NPC production. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah, what I'm saying. It reminds it... me of like J Black double triggering it or something yeah. like Dude, it's, it's dude, really I gotta, good. I gotta pull up my NPC. Dude, I love playing around the NPC. Uh-oh. What's what's Uh-oh. uh what's another plugin? I'm trying to think. Um, effects effects plugin. I mean, you could use any dude, any could, reverbs, could, any delays. Like wait, wait no reverb. Off. Let's talk about reverb because I think reverb is a is a thing that a lot of producers use. Some shitty ass. Re- or they just yeah. I mean, you can good. use the FL and, and Ableton stock ones if you get good at them. Is you should tip? actually learn. How about some tips? Some tips well, specifically. Should, what would the you, tip what is you? like to experiment with the fucking <laughs> parameters. You're not going to learn the reverbs like different reverbs like, work for different things yeah. too. It's like there's yeah, no... there's definitely like vocal specific reverbs that sound great on vocals, but then sound like maybe not as good on other stuff uh i mean usually vocal reverbs sound pretty good on a lot of stuff yeah. but like there's like reverbs that you might use like on on like some acoustic drums that you would never use on vocals they're like small like room reverbs mm-hmm. or something like that uh but i mean really just learning the plugins is the the biggest thing but if you want to like up your reverb the one i've been using lately a lot is fab filter pro r because that one is just like so clean sounding gives you a lot of control too yeah it has a lot of control you can like you'll just have to look go look at the the overview i could go on about it probably for a while but (laughs) the 101 i'm excited about hollow reverbs too are really good definitely yeah i'm excited about the 101 tips because essentially it's what what we're kind of talking about right now in the podcast but yeah we're doing one of them in a row and we're doing 101 beat tips pdf coming out will that be when is that coming out is that next it'll be out by the time this podcast okay cool yeah we're dropping that soon i'm actually really excited about that that thing's so good i bear i I sprinkled it barely i'm gonna make a post about it 
Oh, that probably like later today or tomorrow. I'm gonna make a couple, but I know for a fact 101 tips if we're gonna like it. Because you know, like I think I mean it's valuable, man. Even me just reading through it, like you you remember, like oh, I haven't tried that technique in a while. Yeah. Also, oh, dude, you know what's a good idea? We should post on all three of our accounts for the hundred every morning or something like that. Even have somebody help us do this. But just posting tip one, tip of the day, from and then and then put literally say from. The one-on-one tips because people download like it. A, a, even, yeah, even for like the a, next 101 days, we would get so many yeah, fucking downloads. Page three there. of the one-on-one making beats free book and on each yeah. thing. You know what I'm saying? We should definitely do that. Um, but okay, what were we talking about? Uh, different beat. Pro- uh, let's go back into yeah, different we can, production stuff. We I got talk I got about vocals. Yeah, you want to talk about vocals? Yeah. Well, dude. So first off, for those guys don't know Drizzle, Mini, Travis Scott, Post Malone, and the little people a bit. I feel like your your ability to replicate the vocals. Yeah, I know. I it's scary, man. like that little peep song. It's funny. It Drew sends it to me a lot of times, and I'm like, I have to think for a second because I'm like, damn, this actually sounds just like the fucking. You got to come over and get my very. You got to get in headphones. It's very intimate. Me and Andre got about. Yay, close. <laughs> just kidding. No, but I did a can't say a Travis Scott can't that say thing, cover for him dude, live. I was yelling, man. And dude, it sounds so you, good. You man. know what's funny at Drew's house is when he has his whole chain mm-hmm. hooked up and you get behind the mic because it just sounds you're so like, crazy. Damn. Just you're like, damn, dude. He <laughs> knows how to play. But then you go it, try too. to recreate it, and I'm like, dude, like, how the fuck does that, guys that sound so fire? We work with, it's just fucking. He was so on point. No, all no like no no nothing, and it just sounded. And also shout out to Slate Digital. He sent me. Uh, or Steven Slate, but on Slate Digital, he sent me this awesome mic. Uh, what's it called? The VMS? What is it? The M1 or something? It's really good. It's fucking sounds so sad. Does it, dude? You could cut commercial records on I think for dude. I swear, like, like in my room, like no question. Like you should wait till you hear the quality of these vocals, man. It's so fucking good. But then, how do you, how do you have them split up? Is he doing like ad libs or is it like? You know I can't. I don't even know where to start, bro. Like, what kind of stuff are you getting him to record? Because for us, you know, we're making like a fucking, like I said, creative engine. You know, uh, like oh my god, is, you know what I'm saying? Is it yeah. humming a melody? Like we like, got, we got vocal melodies, mel- ad libs, phrases, one shots. Like we're gonna do chants. We're gonna do, dude. There's a lot it's, of stuff. I don't like want to every- say some of it because it's like. The X factor of it is like pretty hype. Dude, like there's, this it's crazy. dude literally, uh, this guy Caleb, I think his name is, I can't remember what it is. I've been posting about him. We'll, we'll do some P, content. Forgot, it's Phenom. Yeah. It's Phenom something yeah, it. on uh, Instagram. But Caleb is like fucking incredible, man. I just met him through that guy, John, actually. Um, which, by the way, if you get connected in your local area, you can basically crawl go the to crawl the network of every single good musician in your entire town it's super easy because they all know each other yeah um but anyways yeah i mean dude he was like he was insane man like he was like a straight up he could just do gospel style stuff like we were getting like that classic kanye sound you know what i mean that that sunday service kanye shit yeah. <laughs> dude <laughs> straight nasty, up like man. the you know like that okay you know like that uh that Trizzy thing that went viral. I think yeah, that yeah. was a girl singer, I'm pretty sure. But like that yeah, style. Yeah, yeah, like 100%. that really like soulful stuff. We've been getting all kinds of it's stuff. Like a, it. It's like a 2005 like, like mm-hmm. uh, Mariah Carey sounding song. Because I, I was playing with the original sample like he did. And I was like pitching to the same thing. That we're going to get a girl singer like that too before uh, this, this project is over. We're, we're working on that Dude, as well. I feel like that's going to help make a lot of the like Drake sampled style yeah, sound. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, uh, Andre, so talk. we were talking about sampling earlier. Yeah. Like. I want you to talk a little bit about how even it's it's all related to Viper, but essentially like working with like the real people is going to yeah. help 
almost replicate something that you could only get on a record. 100%. And you can't get sample clearance. And I think – talk a little bit about the sampling of and, and getting certain types of, like, music out of it. Yeah, man. That's like that's exactly what I was going to say. It's because, like, when you when you try to find those old vinyl-style sounding samples that a lot of these big uh, big artists are using in their beats, it's like it's always – it's not always that easy, you know what I mean, to actually find a good sample. And then you have to clear it too. Yeah. So it's like a two-step process that could be a very big headache. And like the one thing that I really appreciate about the way Viper has been going is like, just like Drew said, somebody like Caleb comes in here and cuts a vocal that literally sounds like an old soul record. And then it becomes like a royalty-free usable thing. And it's like, dude, that as an asset is like really high value in my opinion. You know what I mean? Because like it's eliminating the actual chase of having to go find the sample. And then you don't have to clear it either. You know what I mean? It's like the biggest yeah. win-win. Dude, he's doing you, a ton of If them. you're selling samples for money and you're on top of that trying to get royalties out of people, you're fucking greedy. I don't care. <laughs> that's so greediest can, thing ever. You can get mad at me if you want, but that's so greedy, man. Dude. Like, I understand the mindset of it is like, oh, I don't want to miss out on this thing. Miss- and that in itself is greedy. Like that's what's greedy about it. That like, you, don't not want- want to, you don't want to miss out on this potential like thing, whatever. Dude, like at the end of the day, if like you're selling fu- something, just sell it. Just sell it. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't try to hold on to that little like extra like chance of maybe this thing blowing up. Like I don't know. That just rubs me the Dude, wrong way. I, I think the entire music industry is like so. I mean, we obviously look at a lot of different industries, experience everything from fucking everything. You know, day to day. I feel like the music industry, like with royalties and stuff, is kind of fucking ass backwards because it's constantly trying to like grab and like making sure that the somebody doesn't get screwed over right dude and, the way we think is such like a more, we're, we're the gary style to, we're trying to make sure that like everybody stuff. gets like as much value as they can out of this not like oh can we get the most value out of yeah out of these them. people it's not like predatory yeah, yeah like trying to trying to make sure we can squeeze people for like that last little bit <laughs> dude I, I literally i did a, i don't even know how we keep up with it i did either. like a, a i did like a 13 minute breakdown of why free is much better you know what i'm saying and then like just giving stuff away and literally, there's people. There's some people that come and they're just like they don't understand the concept behind it. Yeah, and I try to talk to them. I'm not mad. I don't feel like they're hating or anything like that. I, I understand their their point of view, but it's just kind of like they're like, dude, we work hard for this. It just to give it away is bullshit. We gotta get paid. I'm like, dude, there's so much more. There's so much more value in helping somebody else get their best dream. Like you know how many. If songs you do that for five years, you're gonna have a hell of a lot more success than good you will shit comes back your way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Definitely. That's just what I've noticed. Ever since we started doing that, every everything started going so good. You just can't be short sighted about it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a long game. That's what yeah. Gary talks about too. Gary V for anybody watching. Dude, uh, yeah. If you're not watching Gary V shit, like yeah, you like, should definitely go he, check that out. Dude, Gary's great for mindset. Like change your mindset on how you guys think about things because you'll realize that you're you're sleeping on a lot of stuff. Like a lot of you guys out there, like might be sleeping on just the different, like trying out different things, different marketing strategies, or like uh, even trying out different styles of content. People are so stuck in their like specific kind of picture they want to post or whatever on Instagram, or they're like perfect, like little beat videos, like with perfect camera shots and stuff that they can't break outside and learn a new thing. Yeah, like real quick, I think it's a good time to talk about it. Fucking, you should be probably trying TikTok. There is fucking artists and oh, dude, rappers having... and people blowing up oh, yeah, on TikTok man. right now. There's some crazy stories. We're going to do a whole oh. episode of this shit. Yeah, but a whole man, episode just on TikTok. It is powerful. Dude, so I'm at I'm at 914 followers on there, and I've had... So I started this like the other day, you remember? Yeah. So uh, I've had one video get 11.3K views and one video get 15.3K. And I've, I've driven a little traffic, but like the stuff is like doing no, no, well that's, on that's the engine. natural yeah, yeah you can engine. tell it's just like it's some of our contents picking up steam i just started on there so like if you're not on there you're missing out yeah. dude i had some people get like cocky with me almost 
uh about like oh like oh the media is not on there like oh it's not popular with whoever i'm like dude that's where it's gonna be in five yeah. years and by the way they started doing ads on tiktok i noticed i got a couple wendy's oh, ads oh i'm gonna, I'm gonna and i was like well i don't think you can do them i, I think know, they're a lot of times big they, corporate no, stuff but they usually open it up to like no Facebook they will style, at some yeah. point whenever whenever we can do ads on there i would for sure run them on there I would target, it's got so much so attention. you know so you know what's cool about tiktok i know for a fact that TikTok is is somehow categorizing the videos to help you out. Well, I think hashtags help, but then also I think over time, I think maybe even your profile might get kind of categorized. Yeah, it, it, it's categorizing you, all the people that you're, you, all the videos that you're watching, also all the other people that are also watching that video and the correlation between all the data. Dude, it's it's crazy, man. Yeah. But the but you can literally go off like I've seen videos that you would send, and this seems stupid, but I've seen videos like you would send like a you would take a selfie video and then zoom in on your friend's face or something like as a joke going off and get 350,000 likes with on an account that has 5k followers. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how did this random thing go viral? But like, think about it from a perspective of you post actual good content on there, then it can really go yeah, off. You know what odds. I mean? Yeah, exactly. Dude, dude, Andre, you know, what's funny about social, and right. like social media, me and Drew talk about this all the time, mm-hmm. dude, it's, it's, it's like, and these engines that have certain rules, you know what I'm saying? Like dude, fucking YouTube plays by different rule than Instagram. Instagram plays way differently than, than TikTok and versus like Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or versus Facebook. Dude, me and Drew are the fucking gorillas of Facebook in the early. I know. And early. now we don't even like look at it barely. Dude, if it's I funny. was a you know if I was a beat producer right now, I'm getting everybody a tip. I would go to Facebook groups and I would go to subreddit threads for rappers, people who are kind of finding the little micro communities mm-hmm. and get, distribute free stuff, help people and build a relationship, become friends with And don't worry all about the people fucking the making Facebook money. Group. That's yeah. that's not the goal. Dude, that'll kill you and like just, at the beginning, man. If you get too like jumped up on that. You could like, uh, dude. You gotta move. Can yeah, you eat shit like for that. a few that, years. That's what I'm your, saying. Like, you that, gotta fucking yeah. eat shit at your parents' house, especially if you're a par- at your parents' house. But either way, just eat shit, live off of nothing, just give out shit for free. It'll work out in the long term. Dude, me, yeah, me and uh, for those guys don't know, me, me and Drew used to be fucking broke. I know. A we few did not years ago. Do you remember filling up gas tank with like five dollars? Like every time you go to the gas tank, like me and Drew are the kind of guys like putting in five bucks just to, I swear, weasel like one or two rides just because we're trying to not spend money. It was, it was ridiculous. When we started Cymatics, you and me probably collectively, we did not have like that much cash. Yeah, I had, I like pretty much got rid of all my shit actually right at the beginning and moved to Seattle with like, I think two or three grand to my name. I know. You know I how remember. that is moving to a place that costs, I mean, my rent was, a, I was in a one bedroom of like, there's like this seven bedroom house. It was almost like living in an apartment or something like that. And I had one tiny 500 or 400 square foot bedroom uh, maybe even less for eight hundred a month, and had two grand in my name or something. I was like, "Fuck!" I that was a little ballsy in the early days. I mean, yeah, you, gotta fucking, you gotta go for. I, it, I told man. Drew he's a little crazy. Really uh, for the record, Dude, I was gotta, like, "I don't know if I'm." You gotta go for shit, man. If you don't go for shit, if I didn't go for like anything, it would be fucked right now. Plus, like, it's not the end of the world. Like nothing's really as bad. I know as it's not think. as bad. People like, think going for it, they're like their life's over. If they don't, if they whiff, they're going to all of a sudden be not successful. They're not going to make dude, it. People go to star. prison for five years and come out and have crazy success. Yeah, like I mean, even Jordan Belfort, man, look at him, Wolf on Wall dude, Street I'm guy. A huge fuck. shout out to fucking Jordan Belfort. He has an awesome podcast book, too. Man. I love that book. I love his podcast, and I'm honestly a huge like huge fan of him because I really. Like, I haven't had somebody I've really studied that much in sales and, and like, persuasion like he does. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, the, some of the stuff I'm learning, like, I, I'm actually pretty passionate about, like, uh, like a little bit, like, negotiation of business. I work with influencers. Like, I right. fucking love yeah. 
love when I'm like, yo, I got some people coming out to work with us. You know what I'm saying? That's like a, a big win. But Jordan Belfort, dude, he, te he teaches you a lot of interesting shit about human psychology and stuff. Like one of the tricks, Andre, is, is something called the power whisper. And it's when you're saying something important, if you start whispering, everybody's like listening. That's it's like funny, this. Man. And it's yeah. it, it does something so interesting to like, he calls it like the tonalities. There's mm -hmm. all the tonality of sales. But dude, you start to learn that shit. It's a subtle game, dude. Oh, it's like what the people don't even know that happens. Like, dude, these sales guys are like Jordan Belfort. There's a lot of guys who are like dominating like sales. And it's just interesting. Like psychology, it's, me and Drew talk yeah, about all the time. Man. Yeah. Um, okay, do we want to get back to. Back to, uh, I mean, yeah, I never really finished about vocals, but some of the stuff we're doing, I can, I can go into with yeah. like processing and stuff. So like we're using like a lot of UAD plugins right now. Shout out to Universal Audio, Slate Digital plugins, the Blackbird uh, microphone modeling, especially the 251 is like fucking incredible. Definitely check that out. Uh, but you have to have this mic that we're using in order to actually use that <laughs> software. So like in order for that software to be unlocked, you have to own the mic. Um, but that's really good. Uh, the, I mean, the whole slate digital bundle is so fucking fire cause it's 15 a month and you get like courses too, but then like all the plugins that they make, like how many is it? It's like 50 dude, to 80 plugins. Kind of yeah. dude, it is fucking super high quality. Dude, I'm excited that, uh, that he's coming in town because. Oh yeah. Slate digital is coming in like what? Uh, yeah. A couple weeks. Yeah. We're trying to organize the, the right date because we got the launch coming up obviously. And, uh, but it's just going to be funny because first off, mad respect for what, like the business he's built in the music industry and how crazy he built that thing. But like. Yeah. I can't wait to show him like the, the level of content because he's got so much cool shit. Like all that hardware software. You know what I'm saying? Dude. I'd have oh, no. a thousand influencers making shit. I'd be sending them stuff, be like, yo, make some videos. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, even like what what he did with me obviously was good. Yeah, send, send it to you. Now look, out. you know what I'm saying? Use um, it for that. Like like dude, but uh, I think like from content perspective too. And that's a, that's another example of like value. That's not like a sponsorship or anything like that. That's just like somebody like I, I, I actually asked him, like, yo, can uh I was like, uh, where can you buy one of those in person? Because I actually want to use one for some studio sessions this week. Uh, like I was trying to actually buy one, but I didn't know. All right. So I'm popping in here because you guys are going to be getting that free MIDI pack. It's called Python. It's absolutely incredible. I, I told you I'll give you that code and here it is. The code to get that MIDI pack for free is actually going to be OCT22. And the reason we picked that is because Viper is coming out on October 22nd. So I just want to stick that in, make sure everybody remembers. I thought it'd be a good little secret code to use. Uh, don't be one of those people that puts in the comments. Don't ruin the party. You know, you got to find it for yourself. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, guys, I'm going to resume back to the episode. I hope you guys are enjoying it. If you could just go out to Guitar Center or something, and he just hit me up with one. And it was like, yo, you can just have this one for free. And, like, no strings attached, anything like that. But, like, dude, I swear, man. And it made me start using his stuff more, and it's just yeah. that value. Because of that, I started it, – it put his brand on my mind yeah. at that point, you know? Hey, guess what? Free stuff. Like, people think it's fucking crazy. I'm like, dude – and that's a $800 microphone. And you know how likely Drew now, and you could do that with your free beats. That's why I was fucking preaching yeah, exactly. the free beats. That's the whole point. Yeah. Um, dude, you know, you know, you know, it's funny. Sometimes we get plug-in companies that hit us up and dude, it's like, they say like, Hey, we were big fans of you, blah, blah. Uh, here's a discount to get the plug-in. I'm like, bro, if you want me to, if you just send you me the free one. Oh would, yeah, dude. You're there's a, discount me. The there's thing? one, there's one plug-in company and it's like nothing against them or anything, but they said they were willing to do like a, 
that I was like, yeah, if you ever want to do like a giveaway together where we can like kind of growth hack, like mm-hmm. both grow our accounts, whatever, you guys will probably get a little more benefit than us, but I'm down to just do like little yeah. giveaway for your plugin. And they were like, well, we don't feel comfortable doing giveaways, but we can do a half off giveaway. And I was like, dude, we can't what half give off away giveaway? half. We can't do a giveaway <laughs> where you get 50% off. The winner probably isn't even going to buy the plugin. Like fat chance that the winner isn't even gonna buy yeah. it. Nobody's gonna enter that. I was like, that's such a silly way of thinking, and that's why their company is not growing. At the end of the day, even though they have great software, they can't like grow in the space because they don't provide value to Dude, people. Andre, you know it's one thing that's helped me and Drew a lot in Run. fucking business. That's a secret sauce for cymatics. Run it. Uh, dude, me and Drew are religious, mm-hmm. or or maybe not religious. Like we're religious about the giving value concept, but dude. Uh, the other thing is, is that the, the people that also work with us in the uh, are also like we're almost attracted to the other people who are in that mindset who aren't scarce, who are like just down to do fucking whatever. Yeah, and right. and when ha- when people do act like that, we're like, okay, we don't want to work with that guy. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. Me and Drew instantly are like, uh oh, a sign of uh, honestly, it's almost greed. Yeah, you say it a little bit. It's a sign I don't know of- if it's always pure greed. I think it's like also just not understanding. It's like, like you're a at a pla- lower it's level. It's a place of like ignorance, kind yeah. of. Jordan, what are we at on time? What? Okay, we gotta. Yeah, I. I don't think I can, I'm gonna be able to do feedback. I. I mean, we, y'all. Could, y'all could always finish it. I can. I, I'm down to do some more questions though, but I'm not gonna have time for feedback tonight because yeah. I gotta get home. No, that's cool. I mean, it's not even the end of the world to just. We could do that. We later. could just. Yeah. yeah, we could just skip that. Um, and do it on another. I'm down to do a podcast next week. Yeah. Um, we hey, talk, we got real, real quick. I want to talk about 808s because I do want to talk about 808 mm. sample selection. They're both. I thought they'd both be really interesting to Boom. hear about. So for, So first off. Um, Andre, yeah. what are you what are you looking for in your eight oh eights? Like so when you're going to make a track, like I wanted to hear about your your creative like or your thought process right. and what you're doing. Are you just randomly listening or you have some in your head? Uh, I'm definitely not randomly listening. The thing that you I think you have to like realize is that like different tracks will ask for different eight oh eights. You know what I mean? Like you kinda gotta like read what the melody loop is asking for. Mm-hmm. Like if it's a really busy melody loop, if you use the most harmonic eight oh eight, it might not work, for example. Um in some situations, like you might want a shorter one because it helps the balance of the beat better. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think that it's very, very contextual. And this is like something Drew testifies, but I completely agree with him. I think the key is to like listen to a ton of hip hop. You know what I mean? Ton mm-hmm. of rap beats, etc. Because you'll start to get a sense of like, uh, this is what works in a certain context. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's never going to be the same thing. But I think like the more you listen, the better your kind of uh, language becomes like you'll be able to like figure out what works in certain contexts much Dude, better. after a while it should be appearing in your head yeah, it should exactly. it shouldn't be your you're guessing for yeah. damn sure <laughs> it definitely like yeah. maybe at first it's going to be a lot of experimenting but like and you might not be able to get the sound out of your head that you want but it should appear in your head eventually because if it doesn't then like there's a problem like with uh with like your actual like idea center of your yeah, <laughs> of yeah, yeah. your production well, it, Drew, you, you know, know what, what i mean you want to tell you know what i think would be helpful for him is them to hear about how how much the volume of music you're actually listening to like yeah you're sitting I, down dude i wake up i wake up and fucking andre probably can tell because even when we're doing sessions all day in between i'm listening to music all day but i can't I tell like, you how many times i heard the little peep album at drew's house I'm yeah just gonna throw it right there i, I listen to that album a ton but like it's not just that album i go through like a bunch of different shit but like i sit there and listen to music so much man and like at a certain point, like, okay, especially with melody loops and all the good producers, you'll see, like, if you watch them just in person, just whatever, make beats, you'll see them do this shit. But, like, they'll see, they'll hear the melody. Jay Black's like this, too, like, with, with the way he drums. But, like, uh, but even, like, people use Ableton and FL, they'll hear the melody, and instantly, I 
you see a spark in their head mm-hmm. and they know what they're going to add already usually like a lot of the guys that are making like the top 50 records or top 100 records right now they're seeing it and like they'll make it in like 15 20 minutes like real quick man like they know what they're going to add a lot of the time like especially when they're starting with that melody loop or they're not just melody loop melody they make or whatever because mm-hmm. you kind of hear the clap on you hear the right kind of clap or if it's a snare you're going to hear the snare that's supposed to be on top of it but if you listen to enough music eventually you do hear that like, do you think do you think that's a uh like having that deeper understanding, you think a lot of that it helps you also sample selection when you're going to go grab the thing. Or oh thing. yeah, you got to listen to a ton of music to first sample selection, and that's like, dude, sample selection is hard, man. That shit takes years of scrolling through samples and trying them out and beats and like, seeing what works and listening to music and like, like sitting there like studying like why the transient sounds different on a snare versus another snare. You know what I mean? Why the snare is popping through the mix more. I mean, dude, that shit takes so long. Do you think, uh, so, 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 okay, something real quick. Okay, so I, I guess everybody here, uh, you guys are making obviously different genres, not only hip hop, you guys have done everything from fucking dubstep yeah. to house music. Uh, how does sa- uh, sound selection and sample selection differ in different genres in your head? I mean, it just depends on like, 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 our how, like, like, for example, like the trap fucking transits aren't even close to like a oh, dubstep. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like dubstep and like, I mean, any EDM is just like you almost can't, like EDM sample packs are almost worthless in hip hop a lot of the time. Yeah, I and agree. then and then I want to say vice versa, like hip hop sample packs because there's so much like, like for example in this one especially there's so much instrument stuff or like so much yeah. different drums. But like when you you can't go backwards from like a heavy ass kick, like a heavy ass dubstep kick. You can't. It's really hard to make that into like something you'd use in a chill hip-hop song or something like a mac miller type beat you know what i mean you're mm-hmm. not gonna hear that kick that dubstep kick in there yeah <laughs> so no 100 percent. um and how many hours should people be listening to music per day what I, don't, do you think? I don't think there's a good answer for that i think the biggest thing is like active not just having a background like literally like i'm like sitting in front of the speakers like analyzing it like trying to rip it apart in my head trying to figure out like dude sometimes i figure out certain techniques on like listen a hundred of a song i'll be like oh my god i can't believe they did that and i didn't realize it until now and it i d- do that all the time it's like a, it's like a movie you don't see all the details oh the yeah first, first time through you gotta did, go through did it, you man. watch a movie a second time and you don't you, like you're like there's a brand new, you listen to one song for example and then 30 days later you listen to it again it's going to be almost brand new in your head but if you theoretically did it a million times you know dude it doesn't even hurt as like a producer to drag the track in you know what i mean and like kind of like bring oh, it down trying to recreate that. it you know what i mean like i've remade so many drum loops from big guys and now i have like a bunch of their tricks in my arsenal it's like dude i can't stress how far like not only active listening but like pure studying goes you know what i mean it's like oh yeah just putting them in your doll straight up it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, figuring out a way you can like figure out one of those little tricks every day. If you mm-hmm. can figure out just one of them, your studio session That's a cool for little goal. Was, well, like hey, it could be a small quick, thing. One on one tips for making for uh, the one on one tips for making beats. I yeah. think that's a time to yeah, plug it out. I think if they read one and read and implemented one tip, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you don't need to read them all. I mean, you, you don't even have one. to. You don't even necessarily have to like implement them right there. But like, okay, for example, one of the tips will probably be something I read on the overview. There's like something about the Haas delay effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just like knowing, okay, well, I have that tool in my arsenal now that can make stuff more stereo in a different way than maybe normal, uh, than just like spreading it out with some stereo tool. Uh, like 
all of a sudden that might be super useful in a, in a, a random beat. Like, I mean, the other day I used it to remember we were trying to, we were trying to figure out like how to make something, it, yeah, like to make something impact. And we were trying all these crashes and all these like different effects and all this shit. And I literally ended up just using Haas effect on the actual, where the, the drums came in on the melody loop. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it was like, okay, it's perfect now. It widens out like yeah. on the drop has a big impact. So shit like that, just, just like trying to pick up little things every day. It's definitely a good idea. It's like broadening your vocabulary in my opinion, because mm -hmm. like the more you know, the more easily you'll be able to do the stuff that comes into your head. So it's just like you make these little micro goals and reach them each day. It's like suddenly in fucking six months, you're a great producer or maybe not six months, but like you, you really I mean, make it can be if you're like, hustling, yeah, man, you can get better than you think fast. I like, uh, you know, Wooly, uh, he's a dubstep producer. Dude, that guy has not been producing that long, and he is a fucking just a beast. Beast. And yeah. he's been producing, like, for a dubstep producer, like, like two years or something. And he's, like, first of all, playing all these big festivals, has a great fan base, and uh, he's, like, basically brand new, but he's a beast. He's not getting ghost produced or anything like that. He's just worked his ass off, man. Yeah. And you can do that for sure. Dude, there's some people have been producing for five years. And, and they and, suck. Yeah. It's crazy, man. There's some you, people. Man. It's yeah. It's uh, sometimes when people say they've been producing like 15 years, I'm like, how many years have you actually been like producing, producing? How how Not long like have you passive been producing. going? Yeah, it's like the pat, like what I said about passive versus active listening. It's like the same thing. Is there anything else? Because I gotta head out here pretty soon. Ah. Uh... No, I mean we can we can uh, wrap it up, or uh, even if you have to head out. I mean, I have a couple more cool things, Andre. If you want to chat for a quick Andre's sec. like fuck, because <laughs> I got some fire ones. Because I know I was talking to Andre. Dude, earlier. you can talk. You can yeah. ask more questions. I see questions on here. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll answer more questions. Let me let me give me. A you talk about eight oh eights more. We I don't even think we barely even talked about that, did we? Oh, you talked about how you choose your eight oh eights. Or how you decide. Let's talk what, about post processing after you put it in there. What are you guys doing to your? 808s? I mean, dude, not a lot if you have the right ones, but. Uh, the biggest thing is choosing the right one, first of all, like we said. But uh, if it isn't, so a big thing is like, okay, so also how the 808 is working with the kick. I'm mm -hmm. just going to go ahead and go into that first because I feel like that's super important. Uh, one thing that, I mean, I really like doing lately especially is like your, when you have your 808 pattern playing, say, in your beat without your kick, you just scroll through your kicks. So yeah. like scroll through your kick library in Ableton or FL or whatever while the beat's playing and all of a sudden you'll press one and it'll be like, oh, that sounds kind of nice with the kick where, or with the 808 where you almost don't even need to side chain or anything. It'll just sound nice mm -hmm. and you just drag that one in and it probably will work pretty good. So you can just go through a find, find 808s like that. Uh, but usually for the post-processing, like I'm trying to make all the shit sound really good right out of the box with Viper, but like... If you're using an 808 that needs something, uh, just frequency splitting it and then overdriving driving the high frequencies. And then you can like control with EQ or whatever from there. Uh, Fab Filter Saturn is good for that. Uh, pretty much any any distortion. Yeah. No, and then just splitting the frequencies. Well, top your, the what distortion would you recommend? I mean, I use, it's not really, it's a saturator, but it has distortion in it. Uh, I guess it's both. Uh, but Fab Filter Saturn. That one that I've been using, I also use it on kicks. Like, I'll overdrive the top of a kick because, like, you won't destroy the bottom. Mm -hmm. Like, when you just, like, try to overdrive a kick, it, it'll just, like, crush the bottom. This like way you can you, be, like, selected. So you right? can saturate just the high frequencies and leave the low frequencies just, like, uh -huh. nice and thumpy. And the high frequencies get that extra, like, tap, tap, tap. So the kick will, like, punch through more. Mm. But you can do that with the 808s, too, or, like, any sound, to really. To make it, it probably, yeah, makes it better. So it doesn't, it like, sound. fuck up your lows, but you still you still get that nice, full, like, 
like thumpy lows, but then you get the the crispy highs. Especially not being dead on like iPad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. that's Laptop a big speakers. thing. If you want if you want them to stick out on like iPhone speakers or something, that's usually what you're gonna have to do. Which is probably where ninety percent of your fucking shit's gonna be played. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I've been realizing. I I did like everything is like if it doesn't sound good on the phone, I'm just scrapping it at this. point.